Dear friends, how do you define joy? What is your experience of joy? How often do you experience it? During the recent retreat at the One Dharma Center, many friends shared that their hearts were filled with a deep sense of joy and contentment. Deep contentment and joy from a sense of equanimity. Aha moments with clear understanding. Deep contentment and joy from mindful living and becoming free from habitual patterns. One friend at the retreat was able to clearly see the cycle of his addiction and became hopeful. He would be able to unshackle himself from that habitual force. Another friend shared, My experience of what seemed to be spiritual joy felt like bubbles of joyful energy. They came spontaneously, unbidden, unrelated to anything external, like a sunset or a beautiful walk. I was delighted to see how this quiet, contemplative practitioner freed her voice and shared her joyful energy. Some of you have experienced the joy that comes from the inner peace after an hour-long practice each weekend or Tuesday night here at the temple or online. This deep peace and joy is always available to us whenever we pause and pay attention we can taste spiritual joy whenever we are not separate from our true nature. Here is a passage from the chapter on Buddhahood, verse 15, when the founding master was addressing retreatants. Since ordinary beings are attached solely to worldly happiness, their happiness does not last long. But Buddhas and Bodhisattvas are gratified by the formless happiness of heaven. Heavenly happiness is the happiness of a mind that takes pleasure in the Tao, in the way. Sotesan then spoke of worldly happiness. Worldly happiness is a term for the pleasures in our tangible world. Worldly happiness means gaining self-satisfaction through one's spouse, children, property, position, any other tangible material things or one's surroundings. He continued, In ancient times, the crown prince, Startha, was already above all his subjects and could satisfy himself by doing whatever he liked and enjoying whatever he pleased. 
This is worldly happiness. On the other hand, after Sthartha attained great enlightenment, he was able to transcend tangible material things and his surroundings. He was able to liberate himself from suffering and pleasure, birth and death, and karmic cycles. His mind was always at peace, no matter what situation he was in. This is the heavenly happiness. The ancient sage Confucius said, Even though I'm just eating vegetables, drinking water, or lying down with my elbow as my pillow, my happiness lies therein. For me, wealth and fame are like floating clouds. Our teacher Sotesa noted that these words are the statement of a heavenly being who has acquired heavenly happiness while still living in a human body. So Tessan continued, Moreover, worldly happiness eventually must come to an end. The impartial law laid down by heaven is what comes will go. What is prosperous will decline, and what is born will die. Even if a person possesses the most wealth, honor, fame, and reputation, no one has the power to resist old age, sickness, and death. When one's physical body finally dies, One's spouse and children, property and position, and indeed everything in which one previously invested all one's efforts and desires will scatter like floating clouds. However, since the happiness of heaven is originally recognized and achieved through the formless mind, that happiness will never change. That was a long passage. To summarize Sutesan's message, tangible things that we often associate with happiness in this material realm are always changing. Worldly happiness is not perpetual. One's Worldly possessions are temporary, so the happiness brought by them is fleeting. However, everlasting happiness comes from transcending tangible things by resting in formless mind. A temple practitioner, Daniel, also shared his reflection on this passage. He said, Worldly happiness can only last as long as worldly desires are satisfied. Heavenly happiness is rooted in true nature. So true happiness is dependent only on how we use our mind. Heavenly happiness is absolute equanimity and peace, unchanging contentment. With the happiness of heaven, we are always at peace, 
no matter what happens. With the heavenly happiness, we can also enjoy worldly happiness. Since our gratification comes from the absolute peace of ill one, we can enjoy worldly pleasures and satisfaction without attachment and are not disturbed by worldly loss and misfortune. End quote. So then, what is the worldly happiness that comes and goes? The Buddha taught that there are five worldly desires deeply ingrained in our human mind and body. These desires are desire for food, desire for sleep, desire for sex, desire for material possessions, desire for recognition and status, Worldly happiness relies on satisfaction of these five desires. While they are basic to survival, if we cling and excessively indulge in them, we can create habitual dependence and suffering. This can obscure the path to spiritual joy. Spiritual joy does not always come easily. It often requires disciplined work of the mind, body, and spirit. A while ago, I took a yoga class. After one hour of practicing with a focused mind, focused breathing, and deep stretching, the session ended with a shivasana posture. There was a soft gong sound during this relaxing, lying-down posture, and I felt blissful joy in my soul. This joy was profound beyond the physical realm. I wondered what aspects of the yoga class brought me to this state. Was it the yoga instructor, or was I in a total yoga samadhi? Yes, and yes. Also, prior to the yoga session, there are many previous yoga and fitness classes, and many lying down and sitting meditations. These also contributed to the moment of deep spiritual joy. Spiritual joy can arise and emerge unexpectedly as a fruit of a cumulative practice from every dimension of mind, body, and spirit. Spiritual joy may not come immediately. For instance, If we are on a week-long retreat, many of us will spend the first couple of days with aching bodies and active minds. But after a few days of focused, immersive practice, we may experience a breakthrough and true spiritual uplift. 
a Dharma brother during the recent retreat in New York shared that even though there was no beer, pizza, or football, the practice of mindful eating without these distractions brought him deep contentment. Some participants had a hard time because they missed their family and children. Some of us may feel that the only way to experience happiness and connection is by being physically together. So, is it possible to be joyful with our loved ones around? Many retreatants were delighted to find that this is indeed possible. Just sitting, sitting, sitting in the Dharma hall in silence can bring a different quality of joy. This is the joy of meditation, which is timeless and placeless. In this sense, we are all living and practicing in the grand retreat center of the world. When we continue to cultivate equanimity, wisdom, and mindful actions, the delight of a spiritual joy naturally blossoms often when we are not expecting it. An ancient sage said, Three days of training the mind becomes a treasure for a thousand years, while an object coveted for one hundred years can crumble into dust in a single morning. I'd like to conclude today's talk with this line from today's Dharma passage. Since the happiness of heaven is achieved through the formless mind, that happiness will never change. Since the happiness of heaven is achieved through the formless mind, that happiness will never change. What does this mean to you?